Greetings, investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is entitled Intersections. It's part of World War Cthulhu Cold War series. Matthew Sanderson is our game master, and this is episode five. Episode five. Our recap will be given by Thomas McKeon as his character, Steve Combs. So without further delay, let's begin our journey into the darkness. Thomas? Thanks, Tom. In his room, Steve Combs removes an audio recorder from his duffel. From there, he proceeds up to the roof, sitting alone during the late night in Istanbul. Click. My name is Steve Combs. I'm an agent with the CIA and an organization called Section 46, though I'm sure you're well aware of that due to our mutual friend. I'm sure that he also has informed you of our situation, but let me inform you of what happened earlier tonight. In an attempt to get in contact with a possible KGB agent named Kazakov, my team and I posed as trade delegates during an approach with a man named Majesh. I apologize if I'm saying his name wrong, but all these Turks basically have the same name, don't they? My team and him discussed a meeting Kazakov there at the Galata Tower, where Majesh informed my party that the two had been in contact for some time. The Turk was acting as well in this in case was acting as a wall in case his superiors caught wind of his possible little interview with us. The reason Kazakov is coming to us is because he's met with a moral dilemma. He feels he can't continue acting with his with the agencies he's aligned with, and that whatever they're doing will jeopardize more lives than what it's worth. Personally, I believe this has to do with nukes. After all, we're on the NATO stockpile here in Turkey, and Kazakov was a captain aboard a nuclear sub. Not to mention, we've brought a nuclear physicist to verify what Kazakov has to say. As for Kazakov's partner, it's likely that Tumanov is KGB as well, and it wouldn't be surprising that if he caught wind of Kazakov's defection interests, he'd ice him. So we're treading carefully on that end. Kazakov wishes to meet us at a cafe in about two days for the interview at noon. The venue, however, is a little odd. It's a cafe in a graveyard, or at least near a graveyard. So we at least have that lead on that end. On 46th end, however, we found some other leads from the Turk. Turns out the Brotherhood of the Skin pretty much broke up after some unknowns came into Istanbul during the 20s and 30s. They've been pretty weak, but still holding their power in the area. Then came competition. An unknown group entered the region and, according to Majesh, in nearly a single night slaughtered what was left of the Brotherhood. An all-out war has been happening underground between several factions. We got some names to follow up on, primarily the Disciples of the Tesseract, the Brotherhood of the Yellow Sign, and others. We were told by Majesh that one such group would most likely speak to us if contacted, and that would be the aforementioned Disciples of the Tesseract. Majesh's contact with the group, a man named Elnas, was a member of the group, and also a faculty member of the University of Istanbul. Majesh pointed us in the, that direction to learn more about the group, speaking with his co-workers and his former love, lover, Miriam Koch. With all that information, we made our way from Galata Tower, and we're back at our apartments. Now, before I end this message, let me state a few things. First, what I have to, first, what I have to, I do not believe is of any interest to us right now. As we delve further into this, however, I believe I will find better pieces of information to use than what I've obtained, if you understand what I'm talking about. 
Second, I believe the others are on to you. Contact me personally when you'd like to make physical, a physical meeting. For now, I must decline. Insert yourself is my recommendation. At, this point, at, at that point, we'll have a better opportunity of assisting our friend. You know the standard protocol. Destroy this after listening. And I hit end, and, uh, and yeah. And after I do my thing, I'm going to go to bed. And that's where we leave off with us waking up uh, after H has awoken us. Indeed. So thank you very much, Tom. Right. We had a little bit of extra content with Eamon that um, when he opened his eyes, there was a familiar yellow veiled figure um, standing over him that said, all you had to do was ask. And everyone else was then awoken by this roar and the flapping of tremendous wings over the building outside and the shadow moving over the windows. Um, that's where we left it. What do you do? What time in the morning or night is it? Um, looking outside, um, there is again a star of a completely cloudless sky um, with stars shining brightly. Not in any seemingly pattern that you recognise. There's no immediate constellations that seem to stand that seem to stand out. But you can see, looking over the skyline, this mishmash of different time periods. Um, buildings from different points in Istanbul or Constantinople's past that spread out into the distance. It's very reminiscent of the skyline that you saw when you were um, previously at the um, the Para Palace Hotel. We're here again. All right. <laughs> uh, light a cigarette and walk out into the hallway. Okay, well, the hallway looks pretty much exactly as um, it did when you went to sleep. Now, is this for all of us? Because we've all been woken by the, the roar? Yeah, for all of you. I think there was a, there was a quick, frantic uh, cry of someone screaming, Bottlenose Dolphin! <laughs> <laughs> that would have been Dr. Jacoby, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to put on my robe and, robe, and since I'm on the top floor, I'm just heading up to the roof because I figure we'll all make our way there eventually. Yeah. I'll put on my robe, which looks an awful lot like a... this. <laughs> <laughs> medical. Yes. Can I look out my window and see what made the noise? Yeah, um, you can see something retreating, well, retreating, um, flying off into the distance. And um, you can give me a sanity roll. Okay. <laughs> oh boy, 82. Oh, hard success. <laughs> I will double check the book, but I'm fairly certain if you succeed, it's zero. If you fail, it's a d6, but I will just check that. Ooh. Dang. I like those odds. <laughs> and yes, it is. Yep, zero stroke one d six. Oh, nothing here. Yikes. Two. It wasn't too bad. All or two. Yes. So I'm I'm with I'm with uh, Ian. I've I've walked out into the hallway and gone upstairs. Mm -hmm. Okay, 
you can reach you can reach the roof without any difficulty. Um, what did I see that caused the sanity? Is it just mm -hmm. is it a dragon? That's the best way you can describe it. Except it's it's other features other than what you would necessarily associate with a dragon. It has scales. It has a very leathery skin. It's about the size of an elephant uh, with a long neck that almost resembles at first glance, I mean, this is in the, in the distance as it's fairly dark out there, so you're catching more outlines rather than specific details apart from, say, the, um, the, the light shining off its skin. But it almost looks like, rather than a dragon's head, almost like a horse at the end of its long neck. There's elements of horse, there's okay, comparable size to an elephant, but then with almost reptilian skin and these long leathery wings which are propelling it very very lumbrously and very laboriously through the sky. It's dipping and diving with every flap of its wings and it's heading off in the distance towards which when you look at the when your vantage point you see a good degree of the skyline you can work out the rough area that you would correspond with Istanbul at the moment okay um, it's heading in the direction of where the Hajj Sophia would be so on the other side of the Golden Horn and off in that direction it's not the the large mosque with its very minarets and towers and dome roof that you would expect Instead, you see something that projects several hundred feet over the rest of the skyline, and it looks a little like this. That's nice. Yep, you can see the long um, also ramp leading up to a definite entrance in this thing. There's no signs of life around there. Um, there's no windows apart from at the top of the structure mm -hmm. that you can see. Um, but even then, there's only, it might even be a dim light that from inside, it might be light shining through from the far side. Off way in on the horizon, it almost looks like the sun is trying to rise, but it's not quite a sun. If anything, it seems more like a huge conflagration, a huge fireball that's just lingering on the very far edge of the horizon. It doesn't seem to rise at all. It's not, it's not moving like the sunrise. You could, almost, you could watch it over a period of minutes slowly get larger and larger as it comes above the horizon. Mm. This is just fire on the very periphery of vision. And is that like a bridge, it looks like, going over water? That's it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a bridge. It goes across the Golden Horn. So this would be roughly where the, the likes of the Galata Tower, I'm not the Galata Tower, the Galata Bridge would be. Oh, okay. That's a big old tower in the middle? Right? Oh, yes. Yeah, four towers surrounding it. It looks like from where you are made an octagon of ta smaller towers that surround the whole complex. Then four within inside and one central tower that they're all connected to. I don't fully know the area too well, so I'm just going to try to, I know the landscape is different than what I'm used to looking at, but I'm going to try to make a mental note so that if I should come out of this, I can maybe orient it somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you'd, you'd be heading down, following the Galata Bridge across the Golden Horn. You would head towards where the Spice Bazaar is, and then that in turn leads into the 
um, leads into the Grand Bazaar. This complex seems to stretch over that whole area and then into where the likes of the Hajj Shafir would be, so the larger, big, iconic mosques of the city. Okay. And this thing is lumbering through the air in that general direction, getting smaller as it goes. Okay, good, as long as it's going away. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's definitely going away from you. It's following its uh, line of trajectory, it basically flew over your building and now is heading that way. Now, those of you that reach the top of the uh, the top of the building, um, the flat ledge can maybe see something off in the distance, but it's too small at that point to warrant a sanity check. It's if anything just looks like a big bird. Yeah, I'm not even sure I noticed because I I didn't I didn't look out my window. I just went out. Mm -hmm. If anybody else came out, mm -hmm. I want to look for a tower specifically, from what I was told. I, yeah, don't, I, didn't, I didn't get any details. I don't know if that's something I can see or relate to, or if there's something else. Yeah, if you head um, if you head up and look around, that is the most the tallest thing by far. This dominates the skyline um, in in this place. And forgive me, I need help. I when we were back at the the night before, and I said we could just ask H or something, and then she came to me in the dream. I don't remember what I was saying that about uh, I had a rewatch of that just to make doubly sure thank you um, because your, I... <laughs> your specific question was why can't we ask Kate who took out the brother uh, the brother of the skin she must know uh, okay thank you so I'll step up to Jacoby and open my pack of cigarettes and offer him one if he wants how are we are again we can assume that we're in a dream Mm -hmm. uh, Eamon. Ian. Where are the others? I guess they still haven't come up yet, huh? So we can also assume we're being spied upon. Yeah. At the moment. Um, Fender Museum discussion. I I point to the tower, <laughs> like that way out in the distance. Like, I think we might eventually need to go there. If we want answers. What makes you think that? Uh, yeah, what makes you think that, Frodo? <laughs> <laughs> Just have a hunch. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, young agents with hunch with hunches. Yes. <laughs> well, a hunch is as good as a wink to a blind bat. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I could tell you. I just I'm trying to put it all together in my mind first. Um, let's go check on the others. I'll, I'll I'll run down and check on them, see if everything's okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, um, how how are you reacting in your various rooms to this? I've got earplugs in, so I, I I'm sleeping. I have tinnitus, so <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just asleep. Fair enough. How about Natalia? Well, I was going to say that um, once we heard that, that noise, um, I was going to actually get up, uh, throw in some robes, and I know that people sort of meet up at the roof, so I was going to head up to the roof okay. to see people to do, uh, talk to the others. So you probably meet me as I'm coming down. Yeah. Oh, Natalia, uh, you're awake. Yeah, what the, what the hell was that? Um. 
Uh, is this the first time Natalia has been here with us? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why I thought. Natalia, um, be careful. We aren't awake. This is a dream. And we have reason to believe that someone that we have been calling H uh, is uh, able to monitor our dreams by some means, probably some device the Russians have come up with, who knows. But uh, be careful what you think and say. Uh, we're going to meet up on the roof. I'll meet you up there. Well, I'm heading up there now. Ian, Ian and Eamon are up there right now. So then I go knock on Robert's door. Robert, are you awake? Yeah, what's going on? Um, we're meeting up on the roof. This is not, this is a dream. Okay, another shared dream. Right. And then yeah. Henry's, Henry's door, knock, knock, knock. Hello. Uh, are you awake? Um, that's, that's, um, that's a big question, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we're not awake. We're all, we're all meeting up on the roof. Well, I mean, this is, this is clearly another, another dream. I'm, I'm just going to refuse to interact with it. All right. So well, I'm we just, were going to discuss gonna it. Sit, I'm just going to sit in bed and wait until it's gone. Okay. We'll okay. tell you what we find out in the morning. Remember okay. the dolphin. And, uh, then I go knock on Steve's door. Mm -hmm. No answer. What? As I wave my arm, I'm tired. I'm sleepy. I didn't go to bed. Oh, you heard me knock? Yeah. I'm just assuming you're a big enough guy to where if you knock. You didn't hear the giant roaring dragon, but... <laughs> Suspension of disbelief. What the fuck do you want? <laughs> go with the game. Go with I the game. I down your door. Uh, uh, we're having one of our things. This is a, a, a dream world we're stuck in again. Uh, and I kind of just like set up and take out the earbuds and uh, and then walk to the door in my pajamas because, you know, this is a dream world and I'm just going to walk around in pajamas. And I'm they're they're dream pajamas, yeah. Uh, we're all, that's why I'm dressed like a doctor in my dream. I know. You just sleep in the lab coat. No, not usually. Oh. All right, let's go. Well, we're going to head upstairs if you want to join us. I'm coming. I'm falling behind you. All right, so we all end up on the on the roof, except for uh, Henry. Henry felt safer in his room. Who so he's going to discuss the the giant, the the largest ball of twine with? Uh, we really could use him. He's really inventive. <laughs> So, um, well, gentlemen, here we are again. Robert, why are you shaking? That's you, Jeff. It's muted. You're also muted. Sorry, I'm muted. <laughs> uh, did you did you guys not see what what that was? I didn't see anything. I heard something, though. Heard, right. Heard things. Maybe that's for the best. What, what did you what? see? What did you see? It's hard to describe. Um, some sort of strange winged creature, I'm going to say. Long neck, elephant, horse head. But really? Why is it? 
So I don't know if this is just a figment of my imagination or if you all would have seen the same thing. I'm not sure. Well, we saw something in the distance when we first came up on the roof, but you must have been looking out your window when we were walking up the stairs, maybe. Because I think my assumption here is that we all woke up at the same time. I looked at my watch and... Sam and roared, is that, is that what it was? We did hear, I heard a roar. Yeah, yeah, I heard a roar and a flapping sound. Okay. Eamon seems to think that we're supposed to go over there to the, that big tower. What now? In the, I don't know. You're gonna trust the being who appears to us in our dreams? No, I'm trusting Owen. I mean, Eamon. Well, I'm talking to Eamon. You're going to trust the, the being who comes to us in our dreams to give us the right information? Well, yeah, so um, he, like, looks around kind of bashfully and stamps out his If it's smoke. a dream, can anything hurt us? And I say that, and then I look at my hand, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. I mean, this is not an ordinary dream, and I maybe have had a visit from the yellow lady just before we woke up here. Really? H. Yeah. yeah. Then maybe Eamon should go. We should stay here and Eamon goes. I inquired about the, what we were talking about last night, the cults, right? Before bedtime? Yeah. And she just uh, replied to me and said all I had to do was inquire with her. And she said to check out the tower for the answers. And I, I point out at the tower, and I'm like, on so far, at least here, what's the biggest place there is? Now, maybe she means someplace in the waking world, but <laughs> we have all of these other buildings and places and time that might be worth exploring to see. Oh, no. I know. Uh... She's a known enemy, so to speak, of our organization. Yeah, I'm not sure that we should have anything to do with her. But the, th the thing is, I mean, is she going, could she kill us right here where we're standing as easy as over there? Does it really matter where we are? I think that she'd rather get information out of us and then kill us right. rather than just kill right. us. Yeah. We don't saying. know that you can actually die in a dream. We don't know that, so... Normally, when you get killed in a dream, you just wake up. I'm not volunteering for that. Saying it was a hurt just to look around a bit. We don't have to talk about things we know. We can just walk around. Well, I've I've lived in this city for a while, and correct me if I'm wrong, Matthew. I don't know of any building that corresponds to that exact spot over there. That's nothing like that. Nothing like that. I mean, the top of it sort of has a rough shape like the Galata Tower, but... And minarets are all over Turkey. Minarets are everywhere. Every mosque has one. Mm -hmm. Hagia Sophia is over there, but uh, I don't see it in this landscape. <clears throat> so I don't know where we would go if we were going there in the waking world. I, it might only exist in this... That's, dream realm. That's what I'm thinking. That's why I think we need to go walk over there. Or we could try to wake up. Well, if she's trapped us in here like last time, that's not an easy task. Because I 
jammed a fork into my hand and I still didn't wake up. So you're thinking that we're here until she decides to let us go? Well, we can try to wake up. I don't know how to do that, though. I'd throw myself off the building. I wouldn't advise that. Right. Hope that it works, but crazy here. what if I'm wrong? What? I what? Can we have guns? Can I conjure a gun, Matthew? Think about if it. You, if you want to, give me a dreaming roll. Oh, that's right. We all got points in dreaming now. Uh, yep. Where? Where is that? Is that a, oh, that was a separate. It'd be a separate skill. Yeah. It's not on the basic sheet. Okay, that, right. we got ten, I think, right now, right? Mm -hmm. I have I have fourteen. I have twelve. Oh, oh, that was right. It was based off our uh, one it's of our. Fifth of your town. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't expect to get it. this. It's only a ten, but. I got a 15. I was close. Okay. I try. You can spend luck. Spend luck in the dreamlands. Yeah. Three luck. Hell. Five. For a bazooka. <laughs> okay. I, th I think Eamon like focuses really hard and looks at his hand and I spend the extra five luck to make it a 10 on the dot. Okay. What type of gun do you want? Right now he's, he's just thinking of the same handgun that he has in the waking world just because he's familiar with it. So he's just he's thinking of the most familiar things that he can he can uh, you know concentrate on easier. Okay, a normal handgun then would be one d ten damage that it would make. It costs you ten magic points to create a gun because the weapon weapon costs or well, creating weapons in the Dreamlands, you take the maximum damage that the gun could uh, that weapon could do, and that's how many magic points it costs. I have exactly ten. There you go. You cross them all off. <laughs> Oh, is, like now, is, is magic renewable? Yeah. Normally, it renews at one magic point per hour, or if you have a restful, uninterrupted night's sleep, then the whole lot will come back. Okay. But this is, as, as you can guess, this is probably not a restful, uninterrupted night's sleep. No, no. I, I think it's new to everybody, right, at this point? Like, this is new to all of us. Sure. Is so I mean, like I don't twisted dreams where you actually have to be like super specific with what you're class. Like I'm imagining now, you have a gun that is actually a hand. <laughs> <laughs> nah. um, well, that that depends. If it's a, if you some, want to go that uh, very videodrome uh, like route, then you certainly can do. Okay. Um, otherwise, it would be the gun as you as you know it and are familiar with it in the waking world. Okay. Um, for okay. for those of you that are around him when he does this. Um, there's just this look of concentration as he's looking down at his empty hand with his finger crossed where a trigger should be. And it's almost not like a flash of light, but it just seems to fade into existence and gradually become more substantial in his hand. And then there's a gun there. What the hell? We can do magic. Oh, my goodness. Magic. I just, I mean, I just thought of it. It's, it's me 38. Same thing. If there's a scope mark on it, I have. See, this changes everything. Yeah, we could we could be safe here. <laughs> he says just because he's he's, <laughs> he's he's the only one armed. Well, he's also like that's his life is is well military. So he's like, I have a weapon. I'm good. <laughs> so he's just he's kind of lit up. And then he looks over. I think because I didn't think about this till now. Like looks over at Natalia, who's new here. He's like, what do you think of this place? 
Interesting. Um, looks like the real world. I like that little magic trick you did. Um, right. How'd you do it? I, I thought of, I just wanted to be armed. I thought of the gun I have, just because it's easy to think about, the one I actually have back in my real room. And I just, I don't know, I just, I just focused on it and I saw it just, I don't know, focus, thinking, try it, try something. Yes, but please not a nuclear missile. Well, it, she's a physicist. Try like a, a beaker or something or whatever it is physicists no. use. I no. know. Imagine how many, how many magic points that would take. <laughs> if you're thinking of something that's not a weapon, now, this could be the way you get around the uh, the bomb aspect. Um, it's one magic point for every point of every five points of size that the thing has. Oh, so it's going to be. It's obviously something larger takes more effort. Gotcha. So you could make a replica of a nuclear bomb that doesn't function as a bomb. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you would be. Um, Say running through magic points and through a lot of hit points very quickly to do something that does that kind of damage. Okay. Hmm. Well, I failed anyway, so it doesn't matter. What would a nuke be? A million hit points? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they're listed in the core book as being just irrelevant. It's just, <laughs> just atomized <laughs> over an area. <laughs> well... I can't think of anything to try, so I failed my role. So think of a what do you what do you use in your lab there when you you know dissecting them fish people, scalpels, prongs, tongs, things. Hmm. Those little things you yeah stick in your body to measure brain waves and things. I could like do a cattle prod or something. There you go. I use that on my assistant regularly. <laughs> <laughs> and he likes it. Whatever happens between consenting adults in a, in, a, in a closed environment, that's fine. That's fine. Well, interesting. Are we going to have a walk down through this? How, what dangers might be out there in this bizarre world that we're looking at? Yeah, can I just remind you that there are, there are dreams and there are also nightmares. I don't know if we know which one we're in right now. I think it kind of seems like all the same thing. Pretty much a nightmare. <laughs> you saw well, it also seems to me that the longer we're here and the more active that we are, the longer we're going to stay here. You know, remember how Henry got us out last time because she couldn't get anything from us. So if we all just sit around and smoke cigarettes for the rest of the night, she's probably going to run out of patience and wait and send us back. We could do that, or we could explore. I, I want. What difference is it going to make? I mean, this is okay. Maybe she's a lawyer, but maybe she's leading to something. Maybe she has her own agenda. Of course, probably, but we might find answers here. Why don't we just take this all with a grain of salt? Yeah, you know, don't give it any more weight than what it is. It's a dream. She wants information out of us. I don't think she'll let us just get killed wandering around. She wants us alive. Once again, I don't know if killing you in the dream world does anything. I don't um, want to risk it. That's why I made this. 
Henry wanted to stay, but I think we should go knock on his door and see if we can convince him to come with us. If that's what we're going to do. All right. All right. You, Eamon? Ian, I don't want to pressure you if you really don't feel comfortable. I don't want to leave you alone or anything. No, I'll wander with everyone, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. Eamon, do you think your gun works? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's got a full magazine and one in the pipe, so it looks like it works. Yeah, he he probably would like check that, you know, the cool bullet thing, and just put it in and check it. He's like, seems like it's going to, but I hate to waste a, a bit of ammunition just testing it out. Oh, good. <laughs> Let's wait until we need it to find out it doesn't work. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Ah, uh, you young people. I got eight <laughs> shots. What if I need eight? I only have seven. Mm-hmm. It just a little thing comes out and it says bang. Just <laughs> little tiny, tiny water balloons. Oh, Very well, good. I don't know if it's worth it to. I mean, maybe we shouldn't suggest that before we use it. Shoot bullets. I will give Eamon an idea roll, though. Do it. Right. And that's just int, right? Yeah. Okay. Ah, nope. I rolled a 77, out of 67. Okay, no. Spend. Spend. No, I'm not spending 10 more luck. I I say we don't just sit around talking about it. Let's go do something. So, I start for the stairs. Let's go gather Henry. Okay. Now, uh, I've sent a couple of messages to Henry. you have the option if the if you think they make a convincing argument that you could go with them perhaps, or you can stick with as we've uh, currently discussed. Mm-hmm. Knock knock knock, Henry. Okay, um, you knock on the door. Henry. No answer, huh? No. Give me a listen roll. Uh, 53. Uh, my listen. I've got everything buried on here. Listen is uh, 60. Yeah, so I passed. It's only for a brief second, or maybe even half a second, but as you knock on the door and lean close, you think you hear drums, the beating of drums on the other side of the door, and then it's quiet. Did any of you hear the drums? Henry, are you okay? There's no response. You're down alone, right? What's that? You went down alone, didn't you? Well, I didn't know if you were following me or not. Probably probably all single file and going down, like stopping his room on the way, unless we kept walking or something. Unless you stayed on the roof. Uh, Henry, if you don't open the door now, I'm going to break the door down. There's no response. Oh, crap. So uh, did you guys follow me? Are you guys coming up behind me? I'm I'm with you. I, There's something it? going on in there. It's weird. I heard drums. You want to help me break down the door? I assume, I assume Ian was following us. I don't know about Mata- Natalia, Steve, or Robert. How about you, Ian? Help me. I mean, I, I will if no one else is there. I'll... I'll 
I'll, I'll help you. All right. Okay, in which case, between, between the three of you, it's only a regular-sized door. You cannot really get many, many, anyone more than three uh, going at this thing. With a good shove between you, the door cracks open, and there's an empty room. There's no sign of Henry. Oh, shit. Any sign of what was making the drumming noise? Nothing. Oh. Well, maybe he woke up. Yeah, that's an interesting hypothesis. If someone wakes up, when we all don't wake up, do they disappear? Interesting. Is a uh, is window open? Uh, no, no. It's just the room is pristine in its in its condition. Even the bed doesn't look as though it's been slept in. It's as if he was never here. But he did answer earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did. Doctor Jacoby earlier. Okay. Maybe he went back to to sleep in the dreamland and ended up back. Who knows? He's not here. Don't yeah, worry about I'm it. Call out and yell. Henry, can you hear us? There's the sound of the wind outside, but otherwise nothing. Windows not open, not in the bathroom, not in the closet, just gone. Yep. That's another good question. As we're kind of looking out across the landscape and stuff, do we notice any other movement? Like, are there people, traffic, noises, anything like that? It is as if it's a dead city. Um, only ones here, I guess. Yeah, you are the only sign of life here at all, apart from the thing that flew over the skyline yeah. and flew directly over the building. It's even looking outside and looking between the streets, very much like as it was at the Para Palace, you have this desolate feel. The windows are blown out on some of the buildings. Curtains are billowing like eyelids out from these vacant slots. And the wind almost sounds like it's a, a moaning cry at times. Maybe just how it's blowing through the building, but maybe something more. That it's just this utter feeling of loneliness. Well... Perfect. Let's stick to our plan. At least there's nothing out there trying to eat us. Yeah. Except for that giant horse elephant dragon thing. Just keep our eyes on the sky. Horse elephant dragon thing. All right. Well, I'm for going. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious as well. This is, I've never had a dream this vivid, except for that last dream where I poked myself with a fork. So, Matthew, if we want to keep trying to conjure up a weapon, mm -hmm. the first thing we do is roll our dreaming. That's right. And then after we roll the dreaming, we have to roll magic equivalent to, well, we have to have enough magic points to spend on like a handgun or whatever our magic is. Um, you spend the, if, assuming you pass the dreaming roll, yes. you, spend you spend a number of point and magic points equal to the maximum damage the weapon could make on a regular dice roll. So okay. for instance, if it's a D10 gun, you would cross off 10 magic points. Got it. If, you have, if you haven't got 10 magic points or however many you need, mm -hmm. the, ex the excess comes off your hit points. Oh. If you then hit zero hit points, good night, Vienna. Got it. Got it. <laughs> All right. I need to figure out how many, hip how many magic points I need. Well, and how often can we try that dreaming thing? 
I think it's one fifth your power. Yeah, I would say you can try every few minutes. It wouldn't count necessarily as a pushed roll in this case because you've got time. You're not under pressure as such. As as you are aware by looking around, there is no one else here. I am completely unfamiliar with fighting. So, um, well, let's go, gentlemen. Let's get down to the bottom of this building. Um, I go. Yeah, I follow. Okay. Yep. You well, you get down to the ground level without any problem. Again, the interior of the building looks exactly as it does in the waking world. Um, nothing is different here. When you step outside the building, so the exterior is the same, but then the rest of the buildings around you on the street and on the subsequent oh. streets are all different. Um, it's, again, a mishmash of different times. You have everything from the Roman era through Victorian through to the modern day, and some even that look maybe postmodern. Um, some structures very, um, lots of glass, lots of metal, but again, all deserted and empty. Well, let's see. If we're going to make our way towards that fortress, I guess we can call it, mm. um, I suppose we need to go this way. Uh, now, practically, how long would it take us to walk this in the real world? Hours? Probably about half an hour. It's it's not too far to go across uh, Bellicott to get to... Um, the ground to get to the Golden Horn and then cross the bridge from there. Okay. I actually, I, I pull, I go up next to Eamon and I, I elbow him mm -hmm. and I hold up my gun. Oh, you got one? I got one. I have my Walter. Oh, right, that, there's the spirit. <laughs> if we're going to go, we're going to go, man. It's Walter you and me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible gun. <laughs> It's yep, a gun. It jams, it jams just as badly here as it does in the waking exactly. world. Exactly. <laughs> better than nothing. You and me are scouting and going here. Let's walk. All right, let's go. Let's do it. Power walk or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Surprisingly, as you walk through these empty and barren streets, uh, you don't really seem to get tired very much. Um, or is it physically tired, this is. Um, you're neither thirsty nor hungry and just the sound of the wind just moans around you as you walk that it's it's an eerie feeling that only seems to really intensify as you get towards the tower especially as you start walking across the lake and uh, not the lake the river the golden horn the water below is almost like an oil slick it's maybe slowly moving it's hard to tell the wind is definitely causing ripples on its surface but it doesn't seem like water, or if it is, it's bottomless without any hint of where the bottom goes. Um, the occasional glint of light reflecting on it in the myriad of colours gives it this very oil slick-like appearance. Um, you get to the far side of the bridge and find there is a portcullis, but it, it has risen, so that you are allowed straight through. In the courtyard that surrounds the interior structure of five towers, the one central and then the four that surround it, um, there are a series of braziers which have been set up that are burning, roaring with flame, illuminating the area. It, it has a very medieval, almost, feel to it. 
Wow. So that's, that's like, it's not life, but that's like the biggest sign of something else, right? Are these, these, so the braziers are lit. Yeah, they're roaring with flame. Um, there's a couple which are either side of the main entrance that as you pass by, it maybe takes you a couple of seconds to think, I should be feeling some heat from that. There's no heat. Yeah, it's like... Just yeah, like no heat. Your hand, you put your hands into it and they don't burn. It's like some sort of an optical illusion. Hmm. Like a, a hologram. Yes, that's the best way to describe it. It's definitely, it's emitting light, but no heat and no substance. Makes sense if we're dreaming. Mm -hmm. I get hurt by it. The whole thing is an illusion, isn't it? I mean, this isn't real. So. This is get some answers and, and get the hell out of here. Um, I just passed my dreaming role. Um, mm -hmm. I want to create my medical bag with contents. What okay. Would I, what would I do for that? I mean, it's not very big. Mm -hmm. You could potentially have scalpels in there, or at least items that could cause harm. Well, so I'm thinking more along the lines of if we're caused dream harm, I want things that can fix dream wounds. Oh, I see. So more, more like a first aid kit rather right. than some use right. weapon. I'm probably only going to say that's going to be a couple of magic points then. One for the size of the case and one for the contents. Okay, so I took down two, two magic points. I forgot to mention this. I'd like to be keeping my head on a swivel, basically. But you got distracted by the fire. Right? Well, yeah, looking out You still have to make your roll, though, don't you, Tom? What's that? You still have to roll against your dreaming skill in order. Oh, I did. Oh, okay. I did just that. That's what I asked. He said every few minutes, so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, at the moment, you're not in a pressured environment, so it's basically just as you move from one location to the next, you can you can try again. Obviously, your magic points won't be refreshing. So. <laughs> not trying to break the game, Matthew, but I'm curious. Um, how would LeBeau go about summoning a person? Ah, okay. I... This is testing my knowledge because I haven't read that particular part of the uh, thing. <laughs> <Sorry. while>. I <laughs> think there is really there is not where, and I just I'm like playing with things in my head. So I think it, it I think it is possible, but there are caveats on it that it's only something that would be born out of your memories of them. Um, they wouldn't necessarily be the real like the real person. If you're, for instance, trying to summon Henry, it would be your vision or your memory of Henry that is what you draw upon. Okay. Um, size would then be you would take the size of the person then divide by five as per their size stat so like for an average person you're looking at 55 so it's 11 magic points okay um, but then intelligence and so on is more on top of that from memory okay all right thanks all right okay. so now yep, you are in the courtyard we're, we're in the courtyard and then is there the tower does that have now another door in the... yeah, there are there are four main exterior doors that lead into one each on the four towers that are at compass points, and then the one central tower that rises up from the middle of those. And still no people of any kind. Yeah. Uh, you can give me a listen roll. I would like... 
Can I do something similar or a spot hidden or anything like that? Just looking around? It's, ma it's mainly hearing at this point because you don't have the right vantage point to see where they are. Okay. I don't see any. I don't hear anything. I'll let Jacoby do it. Or can we... Yeah, um, anyone that's present can make the make the roll if they wish. I would like to do that. I rolled 100. I you hear nothing. I go deaf. <laughs> One of your ears falls off. <laughs> <laughs> you know you spent too many magic points when? <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm curious, have we seen anything that would be considered living, like plants or trees or grass or anything like that? Um, there are hints of dead trees and so on around. So again, there seems to be elements or replica uh, attempts at replicating life, but it's only the dead shadow of what they're trying to make appear okay. here that's here. Um, <laughs> just checking with, uh, again, reading the messages. Are you trying to do that, LeBeau? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, <laughs> right, okay. I'm thinking enough. about it, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Uh, that would take a definite turn for the um, yeah surreal right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, but uh, no one passes the listen roll. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> one moment. Yeah, that's. Oh, I did. Yeah, zero four. Ah, okay. I'm a I'm a listening fool. Nice work. <laughs> uh, you catch what's, and this is mainly when the wind blows in the right direction. Um, you think with, I presume that's an extreme. That yes. It's a female voice, definitely, and almost sounds like chanting. Um, not in any ominous fashion, but almost like someone repeating a mantra to themselves, mm -hmm. um, coming from way up on high. So somewhere towards the top of one of those towers, maybe even the, fur the one furthest up, because it is very faint, and it's only the briefest again, hint on the wind that it just happened to be blowing the right direction when you caught it. I'll point that out to everyone else and say, you know, I'm hearing a woman chanting. It's faint, but it's there, and it's coming from there. From the and tower? So we're yeah, it sounds like it's coming from the towers, I swear. Yes. I guess we go. Or in go. first. In first. And then... So far, we haven't seen anyone. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go in. Yeah, let's do it. Take up a right. position by the door, by the door, right? Are we walking across, have we walked across the bridge yet? Yeah, you're in the courtyard in the, oh, okay. the octagon base. I missed that, sorry, yep. What, what do the doors, individual doors for these smaller, the surrounding towers look like? Are they like one giant door, or like a double, or like? Uh, they're more like archways. Um, the doors themselves, they're open. Um, they're big, thick, heavy wooden doors with bars that would slide across, but they're all open. Um, they lead into what would be almost like an entrance foyer, um, a circular area where there are then stairs that go up a helial staircase inside the, inside the gap. Each level then seems to have doors which go off staggered to larger rooms around the outside. These rooms are the same on the ground floor as well. The best way to describe it is think of a medieval hostel. Um, you have rooms that are full of crates, uh, full of very 
what seem to be basic bunk beds uh, made of very cheap wood, uh, some fresh mattresses that have been laid down on top of them. Um, it's a, it seems to be very basic accommodation, but for a lot of people, and still like, no one is around. Like an army? Like an army, or give me a oh, give me an idea, Rod. See if you can come up with a better analogy. <clears throat> yep, fifty-five out of seventy. Maybe army, but more likely refugee camp. Okay. And I'll just kind of mumble that out loud to the rest of the group so that we're all on the same page. We know we're thinking. You said there was like crates of supplies? Yeah, it looks like. there's. If you wandered over to one that's maybe got the lid slightly off, you can see blankets, you can see tin, very basic tin um, cutlery, so like forks, plates, spoons, cups, mugs, that, that kind of thing. It seems all mass-produced, um, well, mass but identical, even down to the floors in the cup, in the metalwork. And, and um, you say they were in fairly good condition? Yeah, they're kind of average. They look new, but basic. And they're all carbon copies of one another. Can I take out a blanket? Mm-hmm. You know, if you wrap a blanket around your hands, in a couple of seconds you can feel the warmth just because of the body heat. Yeah, yeah. I want to do that. I want to see if I feel heat. Yeah, that does. It, def it definitely feels soft to the touch. It looks coarse, but it feels rough. If, no, if feel, it feels soft, rather. Yeah. And, but it gen it gener I feel heat. Does it generate, not generate heat, but does I feel, you know, if you put well, a white grass. Yeah, when it's around yourself, your latent heat that you produce is fed back to you, so yes. Does it seem to you like... It's working. Maybe this was the last bastion of civilization and the rest of the world was destroyed around it. Cause like, it looks like refugees stayed here. Or they're preparing for refugees. That's how I feel. Maybe but what... we haven't seen anybody. <laughs> um, yeah, they're not here yet. There's no need yet. Right. Maybe there'll be a need soon. Or they're already gone. What if we're here later? Nothing's been used here, right? I don't know what what we've seen. We've seen uh, all different types of architecture out there, all different time oh. periods. I was going to ask: Are there any other maybe clues lying about that might indicate whether or not um, there might be people hiding around, or if not, how long ago they might have left? If we can determine what time it is in this dream dream world. Okay. I'd say Natalia's been fairly fairly quiet watching the uh, room around you and so on. I won't make you uh, won't put you through a spot hidden roll. So you've got enough time to have a look around. You definitely catch signs that there are uh, signs and evidence of people having gone through here. This is not a completely abandoned area. But you only catch sight of two sets of footprints. Uh, both of them are what from your experience you think female uh, one of them is barefoot the other one is wearing uh, wearing regular flat soled shoes but there's only the two sets that's it there's no one else has been moving around here it seems like um, pretty much as Summerton says this is a place that is being prepped to be used um, no the, the masses have yet to descend on this area so the beds are all made Everything is neat and clean, or right. more or less organized. Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to put two and two together and with the female mantra singing and the female footprints, I'm going to follow those footprints if, if, there's a, if there's a pretty obvious trail heading somewhere. Yeah, it heads up. It heads up the helial staircase. When it gets to a point which would be corresponding to the interior wall of the middle um, tower, mm -hmm. there is a door which leads into the middle. Uh, the middle tower and uh, the middle tower construct. At the okay. top stairs, you say. I'm just I'm just yeah. gonna I'll I'll nudge Eamon again and I'll I'll point to the footprints huh. and I'll head I'm gonna head up the stairs. Got your you ready? Got your like yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. I'm following Born ready, I guess. Are you are you taking point? Because I'll I'll follow you if you're taking point. Sure, I'll take point. Okay. I'm old. I have nothing to live for. I'll take point. <laughs> <laughs> You've had a good life. It's all good. Hey, well, you know. Don't say it like that. You've got many years left. I'm no. a company man. What can I say? <laughs> it's not funny. I'm not laughing. <clears throat> anyway, I, I do leave the blanket behind. Just to be clear mm -hmm. on that. Just, leave right, your whoopee behind, yes. Yeah. I should keep it as a security blanket, though. If you mm -hmm. like. But anyway, I'll, fo I'll follow you and we'll go. Yeah. Before we go, is there anything in that room that's small enough that I can slip it in my pocket? Just a several yeah. stuff. I'll say one of either like a knife or fork from the a from fork. the tree. Okay, I like the fork. <laughs> the fork again. I okay. the fork uh, here we pocket. go. <laughs> it's going to become part of your residual self-image if you don't be careful. Testing a br uh, uh, an idea I have. Okay. All right. Testing it again. Didn't somebody else put something? LeBeau did, right? Didn't he put something in his pocket a couple of episodes ago and it didn't come with him? Didn't come back with him? Correct. Okay. Well, he Just, had the, the artifact in his Yeah, pocket. it was the artifact specifically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So to check then, Jacoby and Summerton and Eamon, you're all heading up, yes? Yes. yes. Okay. And I, um, I'm <clears throat> sorry. Okay, um, LeBeau, Combs, and Volkova, what are you doing? What do you guys want to do? I'm not going up there. Before I head up there, uh, I'm actually going to follow these guys, but I do want to check the blanket real quick to see if there's any sort of hair or any other type of DNA left on uh -huh. Oh, yeah, nice. You, again, you have a good look over this, looking for anything that would stand out. It's um, even a couple of other blankets in there that you check as well. You get this sense of carbon copy, almost like these are photocopies of each other. They are exactly the same down to the weave, and there is no, imp um, no impression that these have ever been touched by human hands. I see. All right. I'll, make, I'll let them know. That's, that's a note that I'll, I'll take to myself, too. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, so I'm following these guys. But I'm behind them since they're, they're armed and I can't seem to concentrate. And to <laughs> myself. Well, this is your first time here. You're probably a little unnerved, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. In which case, then, as you start heading your way up and then get to one of the several doors that leads into the central tower, um, basically, as the stair goes up, it connects with the central tower at various points. You go through any of those doors heading in. Uh, the central tower doesn't have any accommodation 
um, it seems that the outer towers are where all the bunk beds and where all the, uh, the mass sleeping quarters are. Um, the rooms in the middle tower, the tallest tower, um, seem to be a bit more practical, but very sparsely furnished at the moment. There's the occasional big table or chairs, a set of chairs, um, desks, other rooms that may be you potentially use as storerooms at some point later down the line. But it's very much the bare bones structure of what would be the supporting infrastructure to cope with a large volume of people, such as would be staying in all this um, all these other connecting towers. So there may be meeting rooms. Definitely one block you pass by looks a bit like a shower um, shower block. Again, toilets and so and so multiple, forth. Multiple dining rooms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely multiple because there'd be so many people here. Long rows of um, almost like um, boarding school long uh, bench tables where you would have all the kids lined up um, to eat dinner and so forth. If we kind of do the math in our heads, how many people do we think this would hold? You're probably looking, given the number of, you've gone through one tower and seen the number of rooms that would connect off that, probably somewhere in the region of about 4,000. Okay. So this is this is a keep. This mm -hmm. is where everybody runs when the war starts. Does, does it have working plumbing, like bathrooms, sinks, things like that? There's definitely evidence of plumbing. Um, if you tried a couple of taps, nothing comes through as yet. Hmm. This this you get again the feeling this is a work in progress. I, I guess I'm I'm also interested in like what okay if there's like a restroom, there's a toilet. It's like what era are the toilets? They are modern as far as it's modern for the seventies as far as you're concerned. Are they are they French toilets or are they Turkish toilets? <laughs> uh, they'd be Turkish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're having a look though, again you can um, those of you that are inspecting this in any kind of detail can give me an idea roll. Right, Matthew, can I make a listen roll again to see if the chanting is getting louder as we approach it? Uh, you rolled an extreme. I'll let that. I'll let that carry. Um, okay. It's remaining the same level, but obviously it is now. You are hearing it more because you are getting closer to it. Good. Okay. So we're getting closer. That's okay. Cool. I passed. Uh, passed. Passed as well. Okay. Um, hard. Hard. By the way. Gotcha. Okay. Um, for Jacoby and Eamon then you're just regular on yours. Yes. Okay. Um, this something strikes you as a little odd here that you can't quite put your finger on it but definitely just something here seems really out of place it's um, natalia that gets it you don't feel tired you don't feel the need to sleep you don't feel physically exhausted and you don't have any inclination to urinate to defecate basically natural bodily process here is not applying this is a dream Right. Why the toilets? Why the showers? Why everything that would be why in the beds? Why anything? Yeah. I would imagine that um, it's basically to to give the appearance of normal, you know, something normal for, for people to be caught off guard or relaxed or something. I don't know. Well, or it, it was created out of a memory. Whose memory, though? I don't know, but it would make sense with all of the carbon copies of things that they're just copy after copy of the same memory over and over again. Does anybody recognize anything? 
you know, could it be one of our memories? You know, we think of a certain blanket. We think of what we think a medieval Turkish keep should be staffed with or be supplied with. Uh, this is brand new to all of you. Okay. Right. Um, I'm going to say you're fairly close. Uh, you're maybe a good eighty percent up the top um, towards the top of the tower now. While you're have uh, while you're having this discussion. Okay. Um, Somerton can hear, obviously, the sound of this chant. Well, in fact, probably all of you now catch the occasional snippet of this chanting from this female voice happening above you. I'm going to do a quick roll. And no way. Nothing, nothing happens. So you just, you, you have this conversation, you can still hear the chanting happening up above. I'll keep walking. Mm -hmm. keep, okay. Keep um, I mean, gun drawn, you know, kind of frosty. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, mainly for who makes the, the roles that are about to come up. Um, Combs is the only person who is staying back, yes? Or are you following behind? I'm staying back. I'm going to look around. Um, is the stairway the only, is that the only door? Is that the only way around? Is that the only avenue that we can go? Um, the main, if you remain in the one of the outer towers, you have this helio staircase which goes straight up, and then the doors that lead off that staircase lead into the various accommodation. Um, apart from one every so often as you go up, which then leads into the central tower, that's a bit more of a complex where you have multiple staircases going up, um, going up, going down, and connecting the various floors. Um, they also then lead out into the other accommodation wings, the other periphery towers. Well, I don't want to get lost in the complex alone, so I guess I'll go with the group and I'll see what they're doing. But I'm going to hang back. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm. This is this is not real life. I my, like my fists are guns, probably. You know. They will do very much. If we can conjure up a gun, someone can conjure up a wall. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm hanging back. I'm like, this is completely out of my element. I'm just, you know, they can take the brunt of whatever the fuck's going to happen. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll have you hanging back then, so you don't see immediately what the rest of them see. So you don't have to make the you don't have to make the roll. Sure. Did LeBeau prepare, prepare your sanity rolls, people. Mm -hmm. Did Robert LeBeau come up with this? Did you? Yeah, okay. I think I was hanging back with Steve a little bit, but curiosity's got the better of me, so I'm I'm following everybody. Mm -hmm. I just know who's with us. And I I think at this point it's it's Eamon and Ian, then me and Natalia, then Robert. Mm -hmm. Okay. In which case, then, as you get to the um, the top oh. of the central tower, at this point it is just the one staircase which winds up towards the central doorway. Um, going through that doorway, um, you can see this, um, you can see and hear um, the sound, uh, the origin of the chant. I believe three of you have already met her. Uh, Miriam Coach. Really? Yes. Um, Interesting. She was, uh, she, she, was on the plane. she was on the plane. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Yeah. Um, she is stood, um, over what seems to be a, a platform in the middle of the room. Um, it's almost domed, almost as if it's a globe. 
um, of sorts. And even though it's stone, it seems to be growing in front of her as she's chanting, slowly expanding and uh, gradually getting larger and larger. Oh, she, as she's chanting, this thing is moving as she's pulling her arms, uh, arms away from her. Um, she has her back to you, so she can't, um, you can't, um, she can't see you. But beyond her, the room is circular with a series of windows at regular intervals. Mm -hmm. There's no glass, it's just open um, gaps in the stone that you can then see out into the, um, onto the skyline. Um, say with this raging fire in the distance, apart from where there should be a window immediately opposite you as you come in, there is an arch, almost like an alcove in the wall where something stands or sits or is fixed into the wall. And um, that's where I need you to make a sanity roll for those of you that can see it. So Combs, you are blissfully at the back while everyone else is looking through the door. Beautiful. That's how I like it. Pass. Ooh, fail. Pass. Ooh, fail. Are we doing with the double thing? Like eighty-eight? Is that bad? I mean, I just... no, that, that's uh, Delta Green. That's so Delta that's Green. Not regular. Okay. I fail. Right. For those that pass, it's a D three. Those of you that fail, it's a D ten. A D ten? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, what the heck are we looking at? <laughs> All right. Four. Oh, I rolled a ten. <laughs> 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 yes that's mm -hmm. that's beautiful max damage all right got five but i have the gun i got a five as well right for those of you that roll five or more in one go can i have your int rolls please int all right yeah quit rolling these dice obviously um, i passed i passed my intelligence i did the roll not. you never want to pass <laughs> yeah I oh failed. yeah i did i failed Oh, failure is fine. You remain, in you remain in control of your actions. Um, for those, I believe everyone has at least some degree of Cthulhu Mythos skill. Yes. Um, yeah. um, if you don't, hey, if you've just lost more than five points, you gain five points of the Cthulhu Mythos skill. All right. Um, uh, if, you already, if you already have Mythos and you've lost more than uh, five or more points in one go, gain one further percentile. Okay, so I just lost... 10 sanity, I get... Have you got any mythos at the moment? I have five. Right, you gain one extra point. Oh, so I get just one, okay. Yeah. Okay, so just one extra point, okay. Yeah, the first time it's five, then every other subsequent time it's one point. Gotcha. And those of us who kept our wits about ourselves, we don't get anything, right? Yeah, you, you just take the, maybe the little hit, but at least see and don't have to worry about flipping out. So those of you, I'll give the description now of what you see, at least the different levels of description. Um, those of you that passed, what is in the alcove seems to be a stone carving, except that it's moving. Or when you move, and you realize it's moving, it's only because it's moving because you're moving. It's almost like looking at an optical illusion. Um, those of you that have any background in science might actually recognize what uh, at least looks like a 3D representation of a tesseract. It's a two-dimensional image that exists in a three-dimensional space, or maybe vice versa in this case. <laughs> that it's a series of squares, triangles, overlaid with one another that interconnect and then seem to pull in and out of each, um, each other, depending on how the shadows move, when, um, depending on relative position of how you're looking at it. Um, 
for those of you that failed your sand check, yep. this is a warping of time and space. This thing represents a, a nexus, a crossing of everything, everywhere, and every when. That things are bending and twisting out of proportion here, that it is just looking into the heart of chaos. And that's what causes that little part of you to snap. So for those of you that um, are past your intelligence role, how would you like to flip out? I always give players the option here of describing um, how they want to go crazy. Hmm. I, 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 have have... A, I have a weapon. You do. <laughs> I do. Let's see. Yeah, Tom, let's do the cards. Why not? Matthew, can you explain again? Long enough, I've got the same one. <laughs> All right. Uh, pick a number, one to eight. Six. One, two, three. Hey, Matthew, what was the thing she was conjuring? The thing that was growing, you said? Can you it, looks like a, it looks like a globe. A globe? Okay. Mm -hmm. You faint. I faint. <laughs> All right, cool. The cards have spoken. Uh, I D, go down D, like a sack of potatoes. 1d10. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, for how, That's how many rounds. Mm -hmm. Okay, one second. I, I actually forgot. I actually forgot oh, what... my God. <laughs> I'm out for nine rounds, people. It also says that you don't remember why you fainted when you come back. Oh, good. It's, I guess. it's a little more than that, because if you're fainting in the dreamlands, he doesn't even hit the ground. He just vanishes before he hits the deck. You oh. see him start to fall, and then... Nice. Well, what about his gun? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's has, what I was say. has gone with him. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I'll get a good night's sleep. Good night, everybody. Holy <laughs> shit. Did you... I... Of course, to us, it probably looks like he just fell through the floor. Yep, he just he just kept on going forwards and then, poof, gone. I mean, we're probably looking like wide at the spot, then like wide at each other, and like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I say, if, if you're making that kind of uh, noise, then Miriam is going to turn round. Yeah, Miss oh, Coach, I need, I need I need to be quiet. Yeah, I was uh, going to walk up and say, "You mind if I stand here, Miss Coach?" There is this very familiar um, wide-eyed look of terror that crosses her face as you can always read it, the neon sign that's above her head that says, holy shit, you're not supposed to be here. Um, she then tries to make a roll. Jacobia, you walked walk up. Oh, God, sorry. A little bit. Yeah. Um, she quickly said, look, this look of terror crosses her face and then she crosses her arms over her chest and vanishes. Ah, did she do this? <laughs> something similar. Yeah, that there is a the flicker of brief concentration as she closes her eyes. She was going to answer her questions. For I'm like, oh. what is that? And I pointed the tesseract. It's like some sort of modern sculpture that. No, don't go near it. Weird optical illusion. Nope. nope. That's chaos. Mm -hmm. What nope. about the globe that she was chanting in front of? Did that just that? No, the, uh, the globe is still there. It's half formed. It looks like a map of the, um, a map of the Earth, uh, at least the, kind of the Western Hemisphere, the Northern and Western Hemisphere. Has um, it stopped growing now that she's vanished? Yeah, it has. Is Steve still assuming outside the room, right? The other, rest of us are in here, and Steve... Like, is Natalia and Steve in here? I'm still here. 
I'm 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 behind I'm on the other okay. side of the door, like hearing you guys scream, and I'm like, good thing I didn't go in there. But, but Natalia is in there, right? With yeah, she's right next to me. And two of us, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna approach the globe, like, all right, mm-hmm. safe, baby. I'm just like I pointed the tesseract thing. I'm like, don't don't go near that, Jacoby. Don't go near any of it. I say from around the corner. But it's, it's so interesting looking. Don't it's and this globe. What is this? Can we, what what is what do we see when we actually look at it? Does it look artificial or does it look like we're looking at the Earth from space? No, it looks like stone. It looks like a like a carved representation of the Earth. Hmm. Um, but you can roll tradecraft. Anyone that looks at the map. Trade. I think I have that. Yeah, we all, I think, have that. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, no, I don't pass. 24 out of 50. That's a hard success. Yep. Okay. Anyone else? Crit fail at that Irish. Okay. Um, they may be capital cities. They might be minor cities. They're, um, there's no dividing lines between countries. That's about the only thing you can see on it for um, with a failure, even if even a critical failure. Um, for Eamon, there are varying sizes of dots that represent major cities. Um, there are about three classifications made with three different size rings. Um, with a hard success, you reckon these are probably points in the event of a nuclear war. These, will be, um, these list the varying um, priorities of targets. Mm. So I'm kind of shouting for like, you know, everybody to get in here, approaching it, then I just, I stop shouting when I my eyes widen up as I realize what I'm looking at or think I'm looking at, right? What mm-hmm. what what are you seeing? What are you realizing? Oh, there, you see, this is, this is Moscow. This is New York City. And I'm pointing out, like, think of a nuclear war, right? All nukes go off and hit all major locations. You recognize these landmarks here? This one, this one, Vancouver. You know, Los Angeles. And Are we in a war room? Of Does it feel like a war room? I mean, look at this. Well, who, the fuck was, who the fuck was that chick there? Who was she? I shout from around the corner. Perhaps they're awaiting refugees from the upcoming nuclear war. Steve, just get in here. Just stop <laughs> yelling at us. I turn the corner and I'll walk inside. Do I need to make a sanity roll? You certainly do. Okay. Okay. Don't look to your right. Uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's Pay see. no attention to the fourth dimensional object behind the globe. Fifty-nine. What is my sanity? Uh, Fifty-three. So that's a fail. Okay, that's a one d ten. Ah, fuck you. <laughs> Four. All right. So I'm down to forty-nine. All right. Yeah. You don't have to worry too much at that point. There's, um, it's not sanity blasting in the, uh, the sense you're going to flip out. Oh, that's um, good. One thing, if those of you that uh, want to try this, you can give me Cthulhu Mythos rolls to see if you can recognize what this thing is on the far side of the wall. I have a good chance, but I mean, we can take the roll. Let's do it. Let's do it. Come on, six. No. Nope. It looks mathematical. Mm-hmm. It does. Very mathematical. Like something that Carl Sagan would, would have drawn up on. 
screen. Okay, no one passed. Mm -mm. Okay, we will leave that as a mystery for the moment. Just can this we, uh, mathematical we, chaos, we should call it. Can we hear anything from it? No, nothing. It is completely silent. And when we stand still, does it move? Or only when we move, it, it changes perspective? And... Only when you move. It is, um, as you, those of you that flipped out a bit, as you slowly come back to your senses, um, you will see that it is actually stationary. It is just a very intricate carved optical illusion. It's on Euclidean. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it is Euclidean, just in another dimension. Fascinating, as Spock would say. <laughs> well, I, would, I would look at Natalia and be like, uh, you have an idea? Yeah, does it mean anything to you, physicist? Can I roll physics on that? Um, yeah, I'd um, say you could do. <laughs> she gets a one. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea what it is. Are <laughs> you kidding me? I gotta, I gotta switch out my, my dice. <laughs> oh my shit, that was an 86. I, I have no idea. This is, this is completely... Uh, uh, the, again, the, the closest, because physics and maths are very um, closely linked, basically one is a practical application of the other, um, you recognize it as a form of a representation of a tesseract, but that's, that's, that's about as much as you're going to get. Okay. So I guess this rules out going and talking to Miriam Coach at this time. She may not want to talk to us back in the real world. It may be me she's afraid of, and I don't know why she's afraid of me. Yeah, you scared her right out of here, didn't you? Now, there was two sets of footprints coming up here, too. Mm -hmm. But we only found one. Did we see where the other set left off? Was Miriam barefoot, or was she the one with the shoes? Ooh. Miriam was the one with the shoes. Yeah, you haven't seen where the barefoot one leads. They've come up here, they go back down, they go around and around. Although... Is, say, is there any more to this room? Is there doors going out other than the one that came in? This is the highest point of the whole area. Um, there's no um, way further up from here. You're, you're as high as you're going to go. So we're supposed to find answers, but I don't know. So, Eamon, didn't you tell us that in your, in our collective dream at the beginning, she said all you had to do was ask? Yeah, because we said something about the, the brother of the skin, right? Like, what, yeah. what could happen to him? Like, H might have known. Should might we know, ask right? something? What's that? Should we ask something? That's what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> honestly, I didn't want to say I was Make an ask too. roll. <laughs> she just said all she'd do is she said, seek the tower. She didn't say anything else, and then she disappeared. She was like looking at me in the face while I was laying in my bed. I was pretty sure I was going to piss myself, so I don't really say much more. And then we were here. So You're in love with her, aren't you? <laughs> She's not that pretty. When you look at her up close, something wrong. I like emotion to the body. I'm like there's something wrong down there. I'm not trying to be sexist in any way, but perverted. It's wrong. Matthew, can mm -hmm. I focus on the globe? Yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time in Turkey and uh, and the neighboring countries. If I look at Turkey, is there a big old circle in Turkey? Uh, there's two: Ankara and Istanbul. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's 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 a nuclear war. Someone is going to trigger a nuclear war, um, and it's it's what I suspect uh, Kazakov is coming to us for. He is he is having a moral quandary because uh, the Russians are going to do a preemptive strike, probably. Oh. Turkey is NATO's stockpile of nukes. It's the closest country to the Soviet bloc. Um, the United States military has all of our nukes right in Turkey. So if the Russians were to do a preemptive strike on Istanbul, NATO would then do an, uh, a, a, a strike on Moscow. Moscow would retaliate. It, Cuba would, would attack D.C. It's a huge... We're, we're sitting on a powder keg. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what Kazakov is doing here. Let me, let me ask a quick question to Matthew. Matthew, when we turn around and walk back towards the door that leads mm-hmm. out, when we look out the door, are we seeing the city spread out? Yeah, or through the various windows, because uh, okay. you've come up through like a hatch in the, flo- um, in the floor, that then there's, an, there's an archway that covers it. So um, as I, okay, I'm sorry. So as I walk over to one of the windows, I say, so Combs, you're thinking this is a prediction of the future. This is what's going to happen. If we, somebody's warning us. I don't necessarily think that. I think that H has a vested interest, much like most people. Uh, mutually assured destruction benefits no one. Um, I think that Section 46 and H have a vested interest in stopping nukes going off. I don't think, however, that this is H. I think that the disciples of the Tesseract um, are preparing, they have some kind of knowledge that this is going to happen, and they are preparing for people to come here. It's like a, a bubble. The world out there is fucked up, but in this dream world, you're safe. Um, the question is, how do they know that this is going to happen? Um, and also, how does this connect to Kazakov? Because it's, it's connected. Kazakov is, is, was a nuclear sub commander, c- captain. He is coming to the United States side, the NATO side because he has information that could kill a whole lot of people. It's nukes. We're in Turkey. It's nukes. Uh, From behind um, Steve, um, you just hear this um, fairly gentle... Um, Everyone else other than Steve, because it's behind him, can give me a spot hidden roll. There we go. Not talking about balls of yarn again and just... Passed. I totally did not. I got uh, exactly half. Ah, good, good. Oh, I got a 10. So 10 out of 60. Gotcha. So that'll be a, that'll be an extreme. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, on, if anyone failed, you, you hear the clap. You don't see, um, you don't see anything. You just hear it coming from his direction. Um, those of you that got a regular success, you see, faint glimpse that someone is stood exactly in his silhouette right behind him and you can just see the outline of the hands uh, clapping and uh, moving um, on a half success it's definitely a female figure dressed in yellow 
Um, those that got, um, I think only Volkova um, got a success here. Um, you catch that, yep, yeah, definitely a female figure dressed in yellow, a veil over her face, clapping. And reminiscent of what Eamon said, there's something inhuman about the structure of the body. There are bulges that exist under those tattered, tattered rags of clothing of this dress. And yet this somewhat, if anything, beautiful face that's hidden beneath, um, hidden beneath the veil, but with this just malicious grin as she looks directly at you. Mm. At that point, we're going to have to see where our friend uh, Mr. Postgate's gone because you're waking up. Uh, well, so have, yeah. He seems to have left. Yeah, I was going to say, um, is, is he contactable? See if he's still around and wants to come back now that he's... Because he knows what's happened in the intervening time via, uh, via private message before he, before he disappeared. So I wonder if he can come back. I thought maybe he wasn't feeling good because I, I didn't know why he left. Ah, I didn't catch anything to that to that effect in the um, in the chat. Perhaps his internet went out. Yeah, that's possible too. Mm -hmm. And damn, I, I I can't believe you know I was spot on, and then now we're waking up. <laughs> Dumb. This is, this is what I get for having grandpa who was Asian and turkey. Now, Matthew, did I wake up earlier than them? You wake up about a couple of seconds apart. Um, time runs very differently in the dreamland. So okay. even though it's a matter of minutes for game time, it's only a matter of seconds between you waking up. In fact, it's about a few minutes for Postgate once he wakes up. Um, and so he's done stuff while you've been asleep. Okay. Then Summerton wakes up, and then a few seconds after that, the rest of you wake up. I've sent him a message. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll go for the minute then, because he's because I, I know what he's doing. He can potentially have uh, we can bring him back in uh, later. Otherwise, the rest of you find yourselves uh, waking up, and it's morning. I'm going to reach my hand in my pocket. Do I have a fork? Uh. Give me a luck roll. Do I have my weapon? Yeah. Uh, you have your normal weapon where it should be. Like uh, if it was on a holster, but the one I had in my hand did not it's come not in with hand me. You, yeah. It's not okay. in your hand when you wake up. Okay. I, I got roll. 29 out of 37. You put your hand into your pocket. For a second, you feel something. Do you want to give me a power roll? Sure. Our handguns are gone from Dream World. Let's see if we get them. Uh, sixty-nine out of sixty. So no, I didn't pass. Okay. Now you, you catch hold of it and for a second. You feel the cold of metal, but it just evaporates. Oh, man, nice try. Hmm. <laughs> just like that. That the taste of something, but it's not quite there, and now it's gone. So. I think even gets up, grabs the grabs the fifth of whiskey he's been nursing that they got from the other night, takes a drink of it, opens the door, and is like, bottlenose, fucking dolphin, whatever. What you here? <laughs> I've been waiting to hear. I set up. He's just hollering like through the, and then he takes another big swig. He's like, oh, jeez. And as I'm putting my my coat on, I say, I think that uh, that 
our, our priority now, in my opinion, is Kazakov. Uh, as much as I love, you know, looking into the occult, uh, nukes going off across the world is not good. It's not in anybody's interest. The cults are ours. I step out into the living room. It might. What if it is one of the cults? That's I, I, I have I have to say that it's interesting that the disciples of the Tesseract know that this is gonna happen. So perhaps and I and, and, and something I was gonna say while we if we were if we were still in the dream is no one would necessarily wanna drop bombs, Russia or the United States. Mutually assured destruction is mutually assured destruction destruction. No everyone knows that the other side has nukes, so no one wants to be the first one to drop the load. You know, so why why are they predicting this to happen? Someone has to have influenced it. So I think that the two are connected. I think that we need to get Kazakov over to our side and then figure out who the fuck is is uh, doing this. Right, they're well, intertwined. Yeah. H has something to do with it. Oh, we met H, Ian. <laughs> Again. Well, Actually, I don't know yeah. if I don't, I don't. I didn't see her, so actually, I, I, I recognize. Her. I'm just gonna get dressed, grab know. my gun and cigarettes, and head back up to the roof so we can debrief again. I guess have some coffee. Yeah, yeah. talking down here. Should we? Oops. <laughs> You're talking straight up to the roof. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. You get to the roof. There's this. Um, there's the sound of the minarets calling. Um, call to prayer. Um, it is very early morning, pretty much around sunrise. I'm like, you know, pass the bottle around to any who accepts. If anybody is actually spying on us by now, they've looked over here and say, hey, they keep going up to the roof. Yeah. <laughs> and drinking and smoking a lot. <laughs> and leaving during the day so that we can get up to the roof and put bugs up there. Uh, get Robert fact, to, uh... I'll, I'll riff on that then. If you're. Um looking around, being a bit paranoid and wondering, is there anyone watching you? You can give me a spot hidden roll. All right. I have a high spot hidden, I think. No. 39, what is that? <laughs> I made it. Regular success. Almost a half. You got 39 out of 37 for half. So okay. I succeeded, but I didn't succeed by half. Right. In which case, um, those of you that succeed, um, you're having a look around, looking at the other rooftops, um, then realizing there's no one else out on the top of the buildings around you. Um, you casually look down over the, uh, down onto the street below. It's deserted because it's very early in the morning. Apart from one person, um, looks like a lady you haven't seen yet, or haven't seen before, um, on the other side of the street looking up at you. And just as she, uh, she's looking up, she has this fairly stern expression on her face, almost just emotionless, um, but focused, um, looking up pretty much almost directly at you to making eye contact with each of you as you look, um, each of you that passes your role looks down towards her. Uh, she's dressed in black and white, um, a white blouse with a black jacket over the top and this um, black knee length uh, skirt. Uh, she just reaches into her pocket and then vanishes. Are we still streaming? Are we still in the dream world? 
you hear the sounds of the city around you. You can smell, you can smell the normal morning of Istanbul. Um, say the sound of um, the prayer speakers are blasting. This appears as real as you're getting. Maybe I'm. I just light a cigarette and say, "Now, as if it couldn't get any weirder, we got people disappearing in broad damn daylight." So that's what you saw, also. I yeah, I'm with you, man. It's obvious that the disciples of the Tesseract are the good people. We need to talk to them. We need to speak with them. Because I think that whoever is organizing and uh, preparing for nuclear annihilation of the entire Earth are the people who also assassinated illness. They may also be the same people who eliminated the Brotherhood of the Skin. You're basing this all on the dream that we just had. I'm basing this on knowledge of the area. We're sitting on a stockpile of nukes, and Russia's right that way, about 100 miles. And uh, I'm also basing this on the fact that we've had the same dream with the same person, the same place. And I'm telling you that all the pieces are interlocked. They're all together. You know, Kazakov is a nuclear scientist who wants to affect because of moral quandary, because he doesn't want to kill a whole bunch of people. Uh, our dream suggests annihilation. Uh, we found a globe that suggests annihilation. We're, we're sitting on a payload of, you know, over 250 nukes. Like, there are, it, it's nukes. We, we, also, we also saw Miriam Coach, uh, who said that we shouldn't be there, and then she disappeared. I think that's because H put us there. So you think it's H versus the Tesseract? I think that H has a vested interest in what we're doing because, like I said, I don't. It is in no, it's in no one's interest to blow up the Earth except for crazy people. Well, what makes you think that the Tesseract people aren't the ones trying to blow up the Earth? That sure felt like a war room, like they were planning on something. Yeah. Why would they be harboring... Planning for refugees. Why yeah. would they be doing that? For their own people. Yeah. Okay, well, they still know that's going to happen, and how do they know that? The cult wants to survive while everybody else gets destroyed. That's crazy. Maybe well, they've picked out 144,000 of them that will survive, right? There you go, like the, a biblical prophecy. <laughs> No matter what, they know it's going to happen. We need to we need to speak with them, good or bad. We need to determine. Well, that. we know where she works. We know where she is. Well, yeah. you, you, we 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 saw the strange glow, and it had it was obviously were tactical targets. Target. So why would they have a map of tactical targets if they weren't the ones setting off the bombs? Like I, like I just said. Well, maybe it's intelligence. Yeah, like I just said, it doesn't matter if they're good or bad. We need to speak with them no matter what. How do they know about that? Right. We have more questions than answers right now. I'm not going to yeah. jump to any conclusions, but we know where she works. I say yeah. we go talk to her. I now, agree. In broad daylight, in here on the earth plane or whatever the hell this is. <laughs> you know. Well, I'm not so sure that I should go because she seems freaking terrified of me for some strange reason. So I'll stay back. I'll leave is off. Is that a hypothesis or is that a fact? She could have been somebody else? 
Well, I don't know. She seemed terrified of me. That was my my strongest impression. Mm-hmm. It was exactly the same look that she gave you on the plane. Okay. All right. Well, well. give me a couple more cups of coffee, and I'll be ready to go. Well, it's yeah. a little early. It's like three in the morning, isn't it? Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sunrise, so oh, it's. That's out. what I thought. I the the Musins were calling, so that's yeah. that's sunrise. Give us three hours at least to get up. <laughs> well, and we got to prepare to, we had to go over to the University of Istanbul anyways, you know, get to them before they start their classes mm-hmm. or after. Yes. Let's see if she has office hours, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> She's an architect. You can walk in and talk to them anytime you want because they're not doing anything but drawing little pictures on there. You should also all the architects listening to this broadcast please address your emails of anger to tom and not the rest of us don't break the fourth wall (laughs) (laughs) we we should should also think ian about uh about checking in with uh illnesses co-workers like like who who was he friends with whoever he was closest with is probably part of the cult that's probably a pretty good guess. Yeah. So okay, we've we've got a little bit of time left. I think we can do a, at least a preliminary head over to the uh, to the university. Sure. Who is uh, who's coming? Before, that... before we go, can I go downstairs and make sure Postgate's still there? Uh, Postgate is not. Uh, Has his room been slept in? Yes. It looks like um, his door is actually unlocked when you go to, uh, when you go to look at it. Um, I'm gonna make the assumption that um, uh, that he's that he's ill, and that's why he hasn't uh, returned back to the yeah back to the screen or the so or I, the yeah or the internet went down. Yeah, for some for some reason he's not here, but I can weave that uh, factor that into what's happening. That okay. it looks like he's woken up and then got out of um, got out of his room, and if anything, it looks like the front the front door to the apartment complex is very slightly open. He has left the building, quite literally. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I'll wait here in case he comes back. Yeah, that's a good idea. And uh, and I don't want to scare Miriam Coach anymore, and I've already scared her for some reason. Maybe if, you, if she actually talks to you, ask her why she's afraid of me, please. Can I, I, can, I mean, I have a guess, but you may not like that. My hair? No, I mean, if they know that nukes are going to happen, I think that they have predictive information about you. I'm a biologist. Uh, Combs is making a, is hitting the mark quite a bit. Um, I'm going to ask for oh. a mythos roll. Really? I keep. I, I was just asking. No, I'm, I'm going to give you a mythos roll with a bonus die. In fact, because you are putting a lot of pieces together, you might actually realize what it is that you're dealing with. Okay. Okay, so the first roll I got is a 52. That's definitely not a pass. Mm-hmm. No, 63, no. Ah, I'll, just keep, I'll just keep hitting the mark next episode. But yeah, you've, um, you are close on a lot of levels. Don't okay. tell me. <laughs> well, we well, we need to think about Tom's, his, Jacoby's past. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I... I think that they know that's true. I think that uh, I think that his past has something to do with this. At the same time, I think it's something that hasn't happened yet. Um, 
I don't know. We don't have, there's, there's too, I have too little information to go on right now uh, on, my, on my board that's over here. Um, so your, your wall full of red strings? It's not a wall full of red strings, it's a binder full of notes, but we can call it, <laughs> we'll call it the crazy binder regardless. Um, yeah. if, if you need me during the day, I'm going to go into my office and check on a few things. Maybe um, someone could call the consulate. Maybe Postgate is there. Maybe we tried, maybe anyone who's not going to the University of Istanbul could try to track Henry down. Well, that's who, who's going over to the University. you all were going. Um, I, I, I might stay back. He's a grown man. And an agent. He knows what he's doing. Or he's dead. Wow. There's a, there's, no, there's a lot of real estate between those two statements. I guess it's like, oh, well, he's either okay or he's dead. You know, There's no in-between. There, there is no in-between. Well, the in-between in is, in is captured, but let's, let's ignore that one. Cause right. Well, if he's captured, then he's dead. I've seen Casino Royale. I'll know what happens. So... All right. I've watched Sandbaggers. Hey. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm going to the university like right now. I know that. I'll stay. Okay. okay. Um, in which case, then you're going to get there maybe about an hour or so after sunup. Um, the okay. university is the former um, Ministry of War's offices. Uh, it's a very grand, impressive, uh, it was neoclassical in a lot of respects, uh, building and complex that is just off. I'm going to make sure my pronunciation is right here. Uh, Bayezit Square. Uh, it's at this point, um, there's not many people around. Apart from the pigeons, there are shitloads of pigeons here <laughs> um, uh, everywhere. Um, they're also from what looks to be around the edge of the square, um, areas where market stalls would be set up. Um, so this is a place where life is going to slowly start coming here, and there is, there's normally a market here most days, but because you're getting here so early, no one's set up yet. What is um, the, how, do you, how do you spell the marketplace name? Uh, I will get you the exact... Swing on a second. It is... B, 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 B. Thomas, you have access to the, the file we have on all the spellings and all of the names and everything, don't you? Yes, I have the Google Doc. It is B-E-Y-A-Z-I-T. Okay. Let's see. I just want to know if I've ever been there. Uh, uh, yes, I have. There you I go. Know. Yeah, I've been there. So, okay, so I do know. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yes, yeah, so a grand, impressive frontage of what was the Ministry, the Ministry of War's build, uh, building, which is now the university at this point. Sure. Um, it is shut because it is uh, ridiculously early in the morning. However, if you are uh, lingering around there with, uh, with anyone else, you will eventually catch sight of the first few uh, of the admin staff will be arriving to basically open up the front doors and start manning the desks. Yeah, if I remember correctly, there's benches in the square. Not, oh, not there's loads of them, yeah. Yeah, not in the square, yeah. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to take a seat and I'll just, I'll wait. I don't know. I don't know who all came with me, but I'm just sitting and waiting. I'm with you. Okay. You're my bro, Ian. Yeah, I think I went too. You're also my bro, Robert. 
<laughs> what are we going to ask her? I I think the conversation will kind of take care of itself when she sees us walking. Now, here's something, you know, we can't bum rush her, you know. No. You know, do, do, you know we don't want to wait, be waiting outside her office, right? But we also don't want to be just sitting here waiting for her. I think, I, you know, she she's going to be on her guard, right? Yeah, and I, I'm not really good at talking. I'm a tactician. I, I kill people for a living. So I know that's maybe one of you, maybe one of you two should do it. Right, right. We're you know, Bob and I. We can we can we can handle this. We we've worked together before. We're fine. You you were on the plane, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she might recognize us as being friends of Jacoby. So, I I just think we should be as direct as possible. What do you think, Robert and Ian? I think we should just be direct. Yeah, I think the conversation gonna if we can if we can talk to her if she's not spooked if she may not even come in today, you know there's a million different possibilities here. But once we get her across the table, then you know talking to her, then I think the conversation is going to kind of take care of itself. Just to to, oh, as you say in the, in the pause there, just to check then, where are Eamon and Natalia? I was. I was either going to follow Jacoby around or recover at home, depending on what he was doing. But I was, I was going to. We we weren't well uh, well rested, right? No, not particularly. No. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't oh, think I start looking for that Adam guy because I think I did that <clears throat> and failed to find this guy. Right? I don't know if I can yeah. look deeper or have an idea to look elsewhere for this guy. So you was, you'd be heading to the consulate then if you're going to follow up that lead. So maybe. An hour or so, yeah. get some coffee, and then drive up. I was going to follow him as well, so we can both go to the uh, consulate. Gotcha. Okay. We'll pick okay. up probably with you at the beginning of the next session, then, as you're okay. heading that way. Uh, sure. We'll do a quick bit at the outside of the uh, the university to wrap up for this evening. Then life starts to gradually appear in the square. As I said you've got the first few, uh, the, the the admin staff that turn up to the uni to open the doors and start manning the desks and so on. And the first few traders start to appear on the um, the edge of the square, pulling up in vans and unloading their wares. Um, at which point, a beaten-up old VW Beetle um, pulls up outside um, in one of the parking uh, parking bays on the edge of the square, and out gets a rather tired, rather frazzled-looking Miriam, and she starts heading towards the front of uh, the front of the, the front of the university. How far away are we from her? You're across the square, so probably a couple of hundred feet. Well, a couple hundred yards, rather. Well, my tailing is rusty, but let's just follow her and go go to her office. That's, I assume, where she's going. So, Yep, yeah, I won't make you roll for it, because she is so frazzled at this point, she wouldn't even notice if there was an army following her. <laughs> Good. Um, um, you do indeed follow. Um, you do indeed go through the uh, the open front entrance to the university, and she does have her own office. And you follow through to see her fumbling with her keys, trying to go in, um, trying to get into her door. And that's the point when she finally notices that there are three people following her. Merhaba, Miriam. She just freezes and just drops the keys onto the floor. Allow me, and I'll. 
pick up the keys and I'll put them in her hand. Let's have a talk, shall we? She just looks at you su surprised and then looks to Robert, looks over at, uh, at Steve, but is a little more quizzical with him. Um, um, I just want to say we're just, we're just here to talk. But I thought you, I thought you were here to kill me. No, just to talk. We may uh, have mutual, we may have mutual interests, and I, I actually take the keys from her, and I'll unlock the door for her, and then open it for her. Okay, uh, you open up the door into the office. Um, it's a relatively good sized office uh, behind there. You can see there are Venetian blinds that are co um, covering the far window behind the desk. There's also a very uh, nicely painted uh, representation of the tower that you saw in your dreams the previous night on one wall. I think we have uh, a lot to talk about. And I just kind of nod my head toward the tower. Shall we? She nods very slowly. I'm, I, I, I guess, I'm just, Excellent. none of this, none of this makes any sense. I, 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 I thought I'd be dead by now. No. Why, why would you think that? Because I thought you, I thought you'd come here to kill me. That, that's what my, that's what my vision showed me that you, you were the people that came here to, to, to take care of me like you, you did with, with illness. We didn't, we didn't have anything to do with his death either, I'm pretty sure. We just uh, want to talk. Maybe we could have some coffee and talk. When's your first class? And not till this afternoon. I just got paperwork I was going to take care of this morning. Please, we're, we're, we're just here to talk. Okay, she, yeah, she, she goes on through. Um, there is a small kettle um, and sink in one corner where she uh, just indicates, say, if, if you want to make coffee, there's stuff over there. I know how to make Turkish coffee. I'll take care of it. Yeah, she sits down in her, um, in her chair, turns around and makes sure the Venetian blinds are still shut. So there's at least a little bit of light in here, but you can flick the light switch and the one bulb comes on. Oh, I turn around while I'm making coffee and I make eye contact with her and I go, none of this, okay? None of this. I, it won't work here. We're awake. Good. Just making sure. And I continue making coffee. Okay. Yeah, uh, she, she nods. You know, I've killed a lot of people, but I don't think <laughs> that we've ever killed illness. illness. So why would you think that we would we would kill him or kill you. She just looks at you like she just said the sky is purple. And she shakes her head. But ever since he died, I've, I've, I've beseeched Daloth to ask, who is the person most likely to kill me? And I saw your faces. Our faces specifically or someone else's? Uh, well, she nods towards Robert and Ian and says, and the, the other man who was with you before in, in the white coat. So you commune with something or someone gives you this information, correct? Yep, she nods. We receive our visions from the Tesseract. That's what I thought. Was it in the same dream state that we were in before? No, 
no, I, mean, I've, I was a dreamer long before I heard of, before I heard of Dayloth. So the Tesseract, because it bends time and space, you're able to look within it and it's able to show you what is to come. Past, present, future, all. Okay, makes sense. All right. I, yeah, then, uh, then okay. Um, it's, it's how we've seen the nuclear apocalypse and why we're trying to make, we're trying to at least survive at least some portion of humanity there. Okay. I'm done. That's all I need. Mean. <laughs> <laughs> count, count that as a victory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, validation. Cartwheeling all over the place. Uh, the problem is that she says nuclear holocaust and Steve goes, yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's kind of, if, if that was the case, then there'd be this kind of, holy crap! <laughs> I'm across that face. <laughs> um... Okay, well, how about, so how about I ask this um, before I let my associates take the reins. Um, the Tesseract is a living being. It, it, it's, the, the Tesseract, Daloth, the Render of the Veils, it has many names. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fourth dimensional being. That's why it, you know, that's why it can do that. It's well, outside, of outside of time and space or outside of sphered space anyway. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it, it's fourth dimensional. So it, its body is length, width, height, and time. Yes, I can't exactly. imagine. I can't imagine what that looks like or how you commune with it. But um, is it benevolent? Is it neutral? Is it malevolent? Like, is it just showing you these things for no reason? No, it's she kind of um, not ums and ahs, but you can see that she's trying to think of the right words to say. Uh, I think you need to meet with with some of my associates. Um, in particular, Ergu uh, uh, will be able to give you a more, I think, a philosophical but more accurate answer to that question. Uh, in particular, I think that in, in a way it is benevolent, but it is only that way because concepts of good and evil are irrelevant or completely alien to it. Um, it exists and does what it does because that is what it is. Um, it does not have an agenda. It does not wish humanity ill, but it does not, that's not to say that it doesn't wish it good. It just doesn't wish humanity anything. It is just outside of everything. It's, it's allowed us to foresee what is coming. I mean, Aegil has been a priestess to, uh, to the render of the veils for centuries. She, she will be able to give you answers you need. And on that note, I think we will call it for the night. Excellent. Yeah. Now it's getting interesting. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the audience wanted. <laughs> really good. Really good. Uh, okay. Our players for this episode included Jeff Wilkins, Bill Mize, Lucas Glasshauer, Mick Swan, Wayne Worthy, Thomas McKeon, and myself with Matthew Sanderson as the Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows, and leave us some comments. We like reading them. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft. 
and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.